1: The following program is sponsored by City Mission of Washington, Pennsylvania. Hello and welcome to Bisburg. I am John Hall, your host for today's show. Dean Gartland is with us. Dean's the president, the CEO of City Mission. Dean, friend, welcome back.
2: Well, it's good to be here, John. Thank always you. good to see you, Dean. Good to see you as well.
1: Yes, uh, always. There's a lot going on uh, at City Mission. I, I really admire the way that you handle so many things. You juggle uh, a lot of balls at one time. Uh, but for people who are not familiar with City Mission, when you hear the word mission, you kind of think, you know, uh, the old style of three hot meals a day and a cot to sleep at night. But clearly, the work that you're doing at City Mission goes well beyond that.
2: Absolutely. And we, uh, um, part of our vision is not to be just a three hots and a cot type of a facility. Sure. And and so we have implemented many programs and services that really are zeroed in to help our residents overcome the barriers that stand in their way of becoming independent so when people come to us and they come to us in so many different ways i mean they uh some of some folks have a drug addiction problem some have an alcohol addiction problem some have some mental health issues others have some medical issues uh that that really have hindered them uh from really living an independent life and so the mission uh our mission is designed to address those barriers that stand in their way of them becoming independent. So what do we do? We, we operate four shelters uh, that we uh, have there in Washington, one for men, uh, one for homeless veterans, one for women with children, and a shelter for single women without children. Uh, we also operate a medical clinic that I, that's, that's open five days a week, and everybody that comes to the mission uh, coming to our program, has to be assessed through our medical clinic, uh, so that uh, and so we partner with a uh, another organization in Washington called Centerville Clinic and they come in and they have a doctor that's there a couple of days a week. Uh, we have a full-time a nurse there that uh, helps our residents with medication, monitoring that. Uh, so our medical clinic operates. We have a Samaritan Center, uh, which is where we distribute uh, food bags and food uh, and other necessities to the areas working poor and other uh, unsheltered homeless that are living out on the streets. And so a uh, very significant part of our ministry. Uh, We also have a meal ministry, obviously, that's uh, a breakfast, lunch and dinner that's not just for our residents, but it's also for the community uh, that's free of charge. They can come and get a a meal. Obviously, during this whole pandemic and covid, uh, we've been handing meals out at the back of the mission instead of having them come in and uh, have a seat with us. Um, but we uh, also have a program called CTEC, which is our Career Training and Education Center, a service that we developed over the last couple of years, and it's just been growing and becoming more significant uh, for the men and women that are residing with us, really helping them prepare them uh, for employment. And it really does bring about the uh, uh, necessary skills that they need uh, for to make them uh, more uh, uh, qualified for jobs out in our community. And so CTEC has become a very significant part of what we do, as well as obviously we have our spiritual ministry that we takes place as well. We partner with area churches and various groups come in. They provide chapel service. And they provide the gospel because one of the things uh, that we are committed to is making sure that every person that comes to the city mission has the opportunity to make a decision about their relationship with Jesus Christ. Fabulous.
1: Dina, I'll I'll tell you a quick story. I mean, I I really didn't think about it much until um, you came into the studio here earlier today. My wife, she runs a small retail business. Now, you know, she's on the, you know, she's on a a, a drag where there's businesses. And sometimes people show up and say, hey, I'm a little down on my luck. Can you help me? You know, and, and my wife is pretty much a soft touch. So people show up and she knows this. Anyway, over the course of about six weeks, a guy showed up a couple of times, and my wife, she's a believer, but she's encouraging. She's also witnessing at the same time. But at one point, she said, you know what, I, 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 I can only help you so much. And he said, no worries. Somebody told me about a ministry in Washington, PA, and I'm going to go work and find my way to this ministry, so I just want to thank you for that. And she came home and told me about that. And I was like, I know who that is. That's Dean and City Mission. So it's interesting. The word is out on the street in some way. And not to sort of, you know, minimize any other homeless ministries in the area, but clearly there's a difference here.
2: Uh, There is. This is uh, our ministry is really is focused on the whole person. And so it's not just about their physical needs or just about their spiritual needs or just about, uh, uh, you know, their mental health needs. It's the whole person. And so when somebody comes to the city mission and whatever for whatever reason that has uh, brought them to our doorstep, we are committed to helping them overcome those barriers and so they can live the most independent life possible. Yeah, it's fabulous.
1: Okay, so in this weird time of course we're living in, two two years now with the pandemic, mm-hmm. you continue to serve you know the most vulnerable people and I love the idea about this C-tech because of course you know the world's changed since you and I were kids and the skill set needed to to find a, a worthwhile um, employment and and job that's changed as well. So clearly with C-tech you're addressing those needs.
2: Absolutely, and one of the uh, things, obviously, so when someone comes into the mission, and so they they're going to be with us probably six months to maybe eighteen months that they may be with us, maybe it's, and so for some people, maybe a little bit longer. And so when you're putting your resume together to go get a job, they're going to see this. You know, employers are going to look at that gap and wonder, what have you been doing in this during this period of time? Well, one of the this is one of the things that we really address that that issue, and so. Uh, when people are engaged in our Tech program, they're gaining certificates in food service and and uh, food safety. They're getting their uh, uh, they're learning how to operate a uh, forklift and they get certified as a forklift operator. Uh, they're able to go and get their CDL license. And so we have people that are driving tractor trailer across the country as we speak. <laughs> no kidding, because <laughs> uh, of your work, because of our work, and uh, they have uh, uh, coming into our program. One of their goals was, and uh, and I've talked to several. Um, people uh, residents who said you know they just wanted to get their cdl license be a truck driver they've dreamt about that well we were able to assist them and achieve that goal and they're out uh driving tractor trailer today.
1: Fabulous. Seed Tech at uh, City Mission in, in Washington, Pennsylvania. Hey, Dean, if people are listening, they want to contact the mission, let, let, let's take a break and just give us contact information.
2: Sure. They can go on our website at www.citymission.org. And there's a lot of information there uh, about the City Mission, what we do and and how we do it. And it also gives them the opportunity to give, uh, so they can support our work. Uh, or they can call us at 724 724- and uh, I would be glad to talk to them or they could talk to one of our staff members
1: Fabulous. Let's take a a minute and uh, talk to one of your residents Uh, Jesse's with us from uh, City Mission Jess come on in and uh, welcome to the show Thank you. Yeah, it's a, a pleasure to have you here. Okay, so Jess, uh, t- tell us, you know, um, your story. Uh, I'm always interested in hearing, you know, what a person was like, what happened, and where you are now. And you've got some time to open up on that.
3: Okay. Uh, well, my descent into addiction uh, began at a very early age. Uh, I, between. Third and fourth grade, I smoked my first joint.
1: and no, You told me that you're the youngest of 12 kids. Yes, sir. Okay, so I understand that. I'm the next to the youngest <laughs> of seven kids. So those who have gone before you sort of set the template of who you are as a guy, right?
3: Yep. Um. In fact, it was one of my brothers who turned me on to of that course. joint. Of course. I understand And that. shortly thereafter came the booze. And at that point, I thought I met my best friend. Yes. <laughs> and I struggled with that. Um, later in life, I have come to realize I was basically self-medicating my own mental health problems. Now you're
1: saying, you know, third or fourth grade. So that's like a nine year old or a 10 yeah. year old. Now you can only imagine. And of course you've thought about this, what that does to the brain, right?
3: Oh, uh, later in life I had, but at the time, no. no. And shortly thereafter I became what is referred to as a trash can, whatever I could get my hands on to take me out of me. Yeah.
1: So your journey as a guy has been very difficult. I mean, has there ever been a period where you've sort of strung together any amount of sobriety?
3: Actually, um, in 1993, I was living with a woman, and she said, make your choice. And I chose her. And I got sober. I went to a program, and I stayed that way for 20 years. Fabulous. I uh,
1: 20 years of sobriety. Yes, so the template was already there, but then, of course, I mean, you know how sobriety um, is. It's a day-to-day thing. I became
3: thing. a workaholic instead of an alcoholic. Yeah. And when my medical and mental health got to the point that I had to go through Social Security and get my retirement and the career was over, back came the alcohol real quickly.
1: Easy to pick it up again. Okay.
3: Yep. So, Lots of time and a check coming in.
1: Right. Okay. So how long then were you active once again?
3: Uh, that lasted for five years.
1: Uh-huh. And in those interim of five years, it wasn't all sunshine and roses, was it?
3: Oh uh, no. Yeah. Um, within the first year, I was drinking out of need, not enjoyment. Uh-huh. And, uh, it all culminated with me pretty much drinking myself almost to death in Lancaster. Yeah. I was taken by ambulance to the ER. They ended up having to detox me in ICU. I- Don't know what happened for three days. When I woke up, the doctor told me I flatlined on her twice. No kidding. Yeah. Well, that had to scare you, didn't it? Yes. That's the day I looked up. I said, I need help. And it was not me speaking, but I told the doctor that I wanted dual diagnosis, long-term inpatient.
1: Yeah. Okay, so then you found your way how? What was that journey from Lancaster to Washington, PA? I
3: went to Pyramid. Um, in Duncansville, is that a rehab that is a dual diagnosis facility. They treat both mental health and alcohol and drug addiction at the same time. I see. And, uh, from there I found a three quarter house in Washington for reasons beyond my control. And let's leave it at that because I don't want to tarnish anyone's rep, Um, I had to leave that and was living at a hotel, and in 2018, I called the city mission, and they took me in, and I stayed there till about February, and got out and got my own apartment, was doing well, came back to the mission as a volunteer in Tech, what Dean was talking about. It's been the place I've worked since I've been there. Fabulous. And uh, then that wonderful year we had of COVID hit and shut everyone out and my mental health issues went south on me again um i stopped taking my meds i stopped going to therapy etc and after my roommate uh got us evicted from our apartment while i was laid up for a broken kneecap by smoking in it I called the mission and they happily welcomed me back. Interesting. And honestly it's been the only home I've truly ever known. No kidding. No kidding.
1: So you're back at the mission. hmm Uh you were, you know, a resident, then a volunteer. Now you're back as a resident again. Uh the hope is what? When you look at the future, what are you what are you trying to do?
3: Um well, I am looking to go to a three quarter house because of my mental health issues. I do better in a group environment. I see. I've with made people. that decision with my counselor, and uh, then be back at the mission as a volunteer. Because for whatever reason, God wants me to be in service at the mission, and I will do that until He tells me otherwise. <laughs> That's good.
1: For whatever reason, I get that too, Jess. Yeah. Okay. So you brought it up. So let's talk about your spiritual life. I mean, you know, um, when you were out there in all those years of just running wild, any connection to God whatsoever.
3: I always believed in a supreme being, yeah. But I never had a definition or an understanding of what he was. Right, there was God. There was God, and as a city mission, I learned how to build a relationship with him. Yeah, and that he wanted to have a relationship for me with me. And that's powerful. And it wasn't that he turned on me; I turned on him. Sure.
1: Yeah, that's always how it is, isn't it? Yep. (laughs) So all things considered, all the time, all the baggage, all the wreckage, things are on the upturn.
3: Oh, yeah. And I'm a firm believer that everything that's happened brought me to where I am today. Yeah. So I want change of things. I agree with that.
1: Okay, what what I always like, Jess, whenever I I talk about City Mission – you know, just my own experience. I know that right now there's somebody, you know, whether they're in the car or they're in their kitchen, whatever, you know, somebody's out there who's like you, who's like me and needs to hear a good word. So can you speak to that, you know, that addict or that alcoholic and offer some hope?
3: Um, It is better on the other side. Um, It is a struggle. It's not easy, but it's simple. Just be willing to take some simple suggestions
1: yeah, Simple suggestions and to have a place, I believe. Like you said, you're calling City Mission Home.
3: Oh, yes. It, it it's, will always be my home, no matter where God takes me. Fabulous.
1: Well, Jess, thanks. I mean, thanks for the transparency and the blessings on your life to hear that story. I I, I pray that uh, you move forward uh, one day at a time. Thank you. My pleasure.
3: It's a pleasure being here.
1: So there you have it. There's Jesse from City Mission. And, Dean, um, Again, kudos to the work that you're doing that, you know, there's Jesse who has an opportunity, build something, pandemic blows things up. But for whatever reason, he doesn't feel the shame that he has to go, oh, I I screwed things up. I've got a home. I can come back and they're going to welcome me once again with open arms.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the uh, one of the key elements that we're dealing with here is the fact that, you know, Sometimes it takes two, three times, maybe more uh, than that for some things to really kick in and and really create the foundation uh, that a person really needs. And so – uh, at the mission, we're uh, always we realize that we understand that. So this is not a you know one shot and you're done kind of a deal. This yeah. is we we understand what the process is. I think that's really key, Dean. Right? I mean, because
1: uh, you know people uh, and you bring this up or have been in rehab and you relapse again and again and again. So for non addicts or alcoholics, they think what four times, five times, six times you're back in rehab. Mm-hmm. I mean, get it together. But that's not how it works. <laughs>
2: No, I wish it was a I wish it was one and done type of a thing that you you get it and that's it. But uh, we've seen uh, men come and women come through the mission who have been to rehab several times uh, coming to the mission. And, and at the mission, one of the things that really is a little is different. Is the fact that we do bring them, uh, to that place of confronting their spiritual life. Where they're at, where, what, do they, what do they believe? Because one of the things in the, and when we work in the steps, uh, you talk about making a decision to turn your will and life over to the care of God as you understand Him. Well, we challenge that. What, that understanding – what is your understanding of God? That's so key. It is. It is It is a key. And so whenever they have that opportunity to really challenge on that, they really take, they become very introspective and take a look at their own heart, their own life, their relationship with God. Because prior to that, it was always kind of surfacy. It was Mushy. never – Yes. It was never really – uh, a clear vision of what that really is, and but at the city mission, this is where we have the they get the opportunity to really challenge that.
1: I mean that's powerful. A friend of mine, and I'm not talking out of school here. I'm, uh, he came and found some sobriety, and you know a god as we understood him this guy d- did not believe i mean and, and you know he would say i, I don't get this so uh, he would say i'm praying to my work boots because my work boots are what provides me with an income i mean that's my god i mean no one's going to say no to that right that's right you grab onto something now clearly the man's further down the line right now he does have a relationship with jesus but at the early early stages you grab onto what works
2: absolutely and, and and again we understand that at the mission we understand that a lot of people uh have a you know that kind of a viewpoint that perspective when they walk through the door and uh some of some people have never been exposed to a recovery at all i mean so uh they just know addiction they just know that their life is and i uh, the other we do a chapel service at the mission every monday that I lead and they uh and we always I always leave time at the end about ten, fifteen minutes, for residents to stand up and just share share a little bit of their story. And the one resident got up this past Monday and he just said and he uh and he said his whole life is was nothing but addiction. It was just one Thing after another after another, and he, he never never knew what recovery really was all about um, until he got to the mission and began to learn uh, that working the steps does bring you into a relationship with God. Whenever you and as a, as you go further and then deeper into that relationship, you begin to see that this God that you that you have this, that you're struggling to have this relationship with has a name, and His name is Jesus and all of a sudden it's a totally different ball game when you go from god To Jesus, and now it's a. You have a person, you have a a a Bible that tells you about who He is and what He's done and how He loves people and and His compassion and His power to heal and to transform lives. And all of a sudden, life is no longer the same. That's fabulous.
1: I mean, it is true, right? I mean, the cornerstone of AA and recovery, founded by Christian men who who knew that if you work it, it works, Mm -hmm. right? And that's true of my relationship, your relationship with you. You could just put that as a spiritual overlay for how we engage with Christianity.
2: Oh, absolutely. So many people that, you know, you talk to and they, you know, when I sit down with them and they say, well, yeah, I believe in God. Well, you know, you know, in the book of James it says, well you you say you believe in God. Well, that's great. Well, the demons believe and tremble. <laughs> you know, so so it's a little bit more uh involved than just saying I believe in God. And so, you know, we at the mission help a person take that step to go through that journey, that spiritual walk to come to really a realization of who Jesus Christ is and what he's what he did on the cross and and how he gave his life for you. And so when people begin to be able to see that and they they see it's just not this God this Figment out there of somebody's imagination, but that he's actually a real person who did real things and he's alive today.
1: That's fabulous. We're talking with Dean Gartland. He's the president of City Mission in Washington, Pennsylvania. Dean, of course, uh, so many things that the work that you're doing. I mean, you know, you gave it just a really brief overview at the very be- the, uh, the very beginning of the program about all, all the different people that you engage with. You know, whether it's single uh, homeless men, women with their children, of course, families as well. It's a gigantic responsibility for you to take on, and always, of course, you know um, what I really admire about the, the work that City Mission does you know and especially I think the pandemic showed this and of course you know the fire that happened with the city mission is that you know you're not taking money from the federal government and so that's a gigantic thing because there's not an overlay of someone telling you you must do these programs you can talk about this you cannot talk about this a lot of ministries a lot of missions I would say are really sort of beholden to that federal funding and it's, it's a necessary thing but you find a way to work around that
2: uh, we do. And one of the things is, is that we have what a, a tremendous community out there of support of people who uh, believe in what we're doing. They believe in the city mission. They believe in the cause of Christ at the city mission. And so uh and they and they see the uh, reality of it. They see people getting jobs. They see people's lives being transformed. They see people getting apartments, getting their own place to live. They see they see transformation. And many of them are family members of, of people that are at the mission, and so they know what their family member was like before they came. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, hearing testimonies from them as well, saying, uh, "Dean, I can't believe how different my husband is, or my my son is, or my brother is." And and uh, it is very it is a transformational experience to come through the mission. And I think as our, as Jesse said, time to you know kind of uh, start listening and taking suggestions from others. Because uh, as I tell residents when they come here, your best thinking brought you to the city mission. Right. So it's time to be able to start listening what others have to say and share with you.
1: That's right. I mean, one of the adages, of course, is think right, act right, feel right. And, you know, that's exactly what you're trying to do is to get somebody feeling good about themselves so they're a part of society once again. And, you know, you bring up something interesting as well, that there's something to be said about being a good neighbor. Mm -hmm. So you know that around you, of course, I mean, not every neighborhood is going to go, hey, you're going to bring a homeless ministry into our neighborhood. Well, welcome. There's a lot of pushback from that. But you've proven yourself to be a a major part of the community, you have been a good neighbor. People see the the, the good works that have come from that.
2: Oh, absolutely! I uh, uh, I think one of the the great uh, elements of the city mission is the fact uh, of the relationship that we have with our community, um, whether it's the the government officials, uh, the politicians, uh, whether it's the business community, uh, the, our church community, uh, and individuals. They they they. See what's going on at the mission, they believe in what we're doing. they see the transformation that takes place, and that's why I always like inviting people to come down and see what we do. Don't just you know you hear about it or you get a letter in the mail and you know and you see you 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 hear from me uh through a letter but Come to the city mission and actually see everything that goes on because it will train. It, it is eye opening and it might just transform transform your life as well.
1: Fabulous. Now during the pandemic, of course, you had to turn people away. I mean, there, there's always an opportunity if you see the work that's being done. A lot of people are willing to do something. They want to mm-hmm. be a volunteer. They want to be part of that community. You're open back up for that.
2: Yeah, that's uh, been a, one of the very disappointing things about this pandemic. Uh, has been that we've had to limit. Uh, uh, and at various times, actually eliminate any volunteers or people coming onto the campus in order to keep our residents safe, as well as our volunteers and others safe, our staff. Um, so we've had to, we've, it's been like a roller coaster. So there's been times when we have had nobody. I see. Then there's times we've said, okay, we've opened it up a little bit and brought more, brought more volunteers and, and did tours of the mission to bring people on. And then we went through another time where we had to eliminate it again. Um, but at the present time, um as as we're speaking right now uh there is no positive covid cases on our campus at all Fabulous. and so we are actually allowing volunteers and tours to take place on a limited basis uh hopefully we'll get through uh this year and uh, uh with with no more uh crises like that uh but but it does hinder uh that opportunity for people to come and actually see what we do and and because when they do do that people are more apt to give and to support uh, the work. Fabulous.
1: You're spinning a lot of plates at one time, Dean. Hey, Dean, uh, just a, a few seconds left. Again, we're talking with Dean Gartland, the president, the CEO of City Mission. Give contact information if people are willing to to visit, to volunteer, to give, to pray. They should do what?
2: Well, they can call the City Mission at 724-222-8530 and, uh, and find out if we're accepting volunteers or, you know, or doing tours, because uh, a lot of people have called and said they would really love to come and see the mission. So the best way to be able to do that is call us and, and to be able to uh, find out uh, whether those opportunities are available. And of course, citymission.org. Go online. You can give, you can pray, you can find out what our needs are. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Fabulous.
1: Dean Gartland from City Mission. And Jesse, thanks for being with us here today.
2: You're
3: welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: Pleasure's been mine. This has been Bisberg. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. (laughs) The explosive new documentary, Flynn.